What is up? And welcome in. It is Post Loons, August 6th, 2022. And we leak into what we will leak into August 7th, 2022. As we are here late night to break out a weather breakdown, rather, a weather delayed, but all exciting four to three loss for Minnesota United at the hands of Colorado Rapids. How's it going? My name is Jeremy Rushing here to break it down with you. And we are presented by SodaSoccer.com, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. Coverage on the Loons, Minnesota Aurora, Minneapolis City. Every corner of the Minnesota soccer scene is covered at SodaSoccer.com. So make sure you're checking us out, SOTASoccer.com. Or you can head over to our Patreon and get some bonus content there. Support what we're doing there. It's just Patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. It is a late one tonight. Uh, 11.53 as we're recording here, so we are sure to still be live after the stroke of midnight. 4-3 to three is the final from Dick Sporting Goods Park in Colorado. Loons traveling back late, 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 late tonight, actually rushing off to the airport right now so they can get back at a somewhat decent time um, as they head into a, uh, a little break here, the All-Star break, but then they're right back at it against Nashville next Sunday. Um, as you're trickling into the stream, if you're on YouTube, if you could give us a thumbs up, that would be great. If you could tap that bell to be notified whenever we drop a new episode, that would be great. Um, you can also, um, sorry, one second. There we go. Um, and you can also um, leave a question or comment on the stream as well. So if you're watching on YouTube and you want to get involved in the conversation, drop a question or comment in the chat. It will be read on the air by yours truly, as long as it's appropriate and all that good stuff. Um, if you're watching on Twitter and you want to get involved in the conversation, you got to head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com to search post loons or soda soccer. You will be, uh, then you'll, you'll see post loons right here. Then you can drop that question or comments while you're here. If you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would be great. We're just a few subscribers away from hitting that threshold where you can actually have a YouTube URL. So you don't have to keep saying, go to YouTube and search soda soccer. It'll actually be youtube.com slash soda soccer, which would be uh, a huge, huge help to uh, directing people to our YouTube channel. So if you could subscribe while you're here, that would be great. Um, but I'm not going to lie, guys, my my notes, my three things are really not not in the notes. Um, I was involved in the post-game press conference with Adrian Heath. I'll get to some of his thoughts in just a little bit. But I'm going to go ahead and just freestyle my three things. And um, as I'm doing that, if you want to drop your things, your takeaways, your thoughts, and impressions on the match tonight, go ahead and do that in the chat. My first thing, though, tonight is, I mean, it's a pretty obvious one, preventable goals. All four of these goals let in by Minnesota tonight seemed very preventable. Obviously, the first one, Dane mishandles a, uh, a shot from Diego Rubio from outside the box, and Jose Zardes is there to clean up the rebound. Um, you know, that that is one that, that we're used to Dane corralling. And a goalkeeper of Dane's caliber should be able to reel that one in and not allow the rebound. Um, so that's the first goal. The second goal, the long throw. How you leave Diego Rubio that wide open, six yards from goal off of a long throw in is just honestly baffling. Uh, Adrian Heath uh, coming out of the uh, weather delay before the second half started, called it uh, called them schoolboy goals <laughs> that they let in. 
Uh, so that just kind of tells you his thoughts on that. But yeah, I mean, those are obviously two preventable goals there. The third one, another throw in. It's a quick throw. And it's just, it's again, falling asleep at the wheel defensively if you're Minnesota. They weren't ready for the quick throw in. Ends up at the feet of Barrios, gets it, gets it to Zardes. They're in behind the Minnesota defense. It's an easy goal. All of a sudden, that's three for Colorado. And then you look at the fourth, and it's another bit of a, a mishandle from St. Clair off another shot from Rubio, again cleaned up from Zardes. That's where he got his hat trick. But and, – and not completely faulting Dane here specifically on this fourth goal, um, just, just very, very lax – soft defense leading up to that fourth goal as well. Um, there didn't seem to be a huge sense of urgency on closing guys down, getting in on the ball. Um, a lot of open space for Colorado to work with tonight and throw into, cross into, you know, basically whatever they wanted in the attack, they pretty much got. And so you look at it now, it's four goals given up in two consecutive games in each of these last two games where Minnesota United doesn't give up four goals very often. Um, if, if at all <laughs> over the last three years, I honestly can't think of another game in which they gave up four or more goals over the last three seasons. So you've had arguably the two worst defensive performances in the post expansion era, so to speak, if you want to call 2017 and 2018, the expansion era where they were far and away, the worst defensive team in the league um, 2019 and beyond I'm going to call the post-expansion era for Minnesota. This is, these, to me, are the two worst defensive performances that we have seen from Minnesota in that you know, 2019 to now, in these last two matches. And so you got to take a long look for Adrian Heath at, at what to do with this defense. I thought Alan Benitez looked good in spurts tonight, specifically getting into the attack, but nobody looked good in the defensive third in the actual defense tonight. And that is, uh, that's a problem and that's a concern moving forward. You didn't necessarily improve at center back. Jonathan Gonzalez looks to be a huge, huge signing uh, for the defensive midfield. So hopefully he is ready to go sooner rather than later. Adrian Heath actually confirmed that he was in training with the team today uh, was Jonathan. He's actually been in town as they've been finalizing that loan deal. So that is, that's huge. That's huge to get him in. But the problem, the problems don't end there. If you're Minnesota, centrally along this back line seems to be a bit of an issue. And yes, you had Brent Coleman in there, who's usually pretty reliable and when called upon in that role. Uh, but tonight was just not it. And so this is multiple games now. You can't really call this a one-off because this is multiple matches now where the defense has has just been almost non-existent. Four can two consecutive matches where you've given up four goals. Um, that's obviously something that Adrian Heath is not happy about. His his teams traditionally are built, you know, from the back forward. Um, so we'll see if that if that leads to any other additional changes personnel wise or formation wise or or whatever they do when they get uh you know Michael Box all back and healthy. But um yeah, not great the def- the, the defensive performance specifically tonight with those preventable goals. Uh, my second thing on the positive side is Louis Samaria is getting better and better and better each time out over this last, what is it now, month and a half? 
just an unbelievable goal tonight. He was looking really good in the attack, getting in attacking situations, almost had a nice cross that led to a goal late on as well. Um, he is just clicking on all cylinders now. He is feeling it. Um, you know, he's arguably in the best form of his, or definitely in the best form of his Minnesota United career. Um, and this is the striker that we thought we were going to get when Luis Samaria was obviously signed initially and then re-signed in the offseason. Took him a while to get there. Took him long enough where a lot of people, me included, were writing him off. But he is in amazing form right now. His goal, the touch, the turn, and the shot uh, were just all immaculate from Luis Samaria. Um, just another really good performance from him. And he, again, just keeps he keeps sort of upping his game, it seems, match after match. And he's primarily the reason for, you know, you've had two matches now at Houston, now at Colorado, where you've been without Emmanuel Reynoso. And normally, when you're without Emmanuel Reynoso, you're just like, man, where are the goals going to come from? Where is, who's going to pull the strings in the attack? Where are these chances? Who's going to create these chances? Franco Fragapane, Luis Samaria, Bangi Longwani, very capable of holding down the attack in these instances where Amanda Reynoso is out. That's not saying that it's not awesome to have Ray in the game because he's a game changer, most important player on this team, one of the best players in the league. I'm not saying you don't need Amanda Reynoso, but it's a huge plus to know that in the situation where it's either yellow card accumulation, maybe he needs to sit out. Um, you know, due to an an injury or a knock or whatever, that the attack can still generate goals. That is huge for this team from a depth perspective and from from a confidence perspective. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a huge positive for this team tonight is is how the attack played. And it's a shame that, again, it was another great attacking performance that was wasted by by, by a, a terrible defensive performance overall. Uh, and my third thing, Miller time, question mark. Dane St. Clair has been so good for this team this year, so important in spurts. Or I, I shouldn't even say in spurts. So important for you know, this entire season. Um, but we've seen a bit of a drop in form over these last couple weeks, uh, these last two matches specifically. Um, there have been some blunders. Two tonight. You could argue three if you think he should have come out and uh, and got that long throw, which, I mean, it was all basically in the six-yard box. So I think that argument is very valid that he you know should have came in and punched that out. Not saying he's the only one at fault in that scenario, but um, you could chalk that up as a, as a blunder for Dane as well. Um, and then you had the one against Portland, obviously, with that deflection off Kamar Lawrence. So it's uh, it hasn't been a good couple weeks, and Adrian Heath has been known to, you know, he's not afraid to go with the other goalkeeper when one is just showing a glimpse of a lack of form. We've seen it both ways. We've seen, uh, you know, Tyler Miller, when he has uh, fallen off a little bit, Dane St. Clair has gotten the knot. Well, not, and we've seen before too with Dane St. Clair having, you know, one bad match, one mistake, a couple mistakes going the way of Tyler Miller. So it's very interesting to see after the All-Star game here where Adrian Heath decides to go with his goalkeeping situation. Because, I mean, look, he's gone with the hot hand traditionally over these last couple of years. I think you could argue that Dane is not the hot hand right now, is not a hot hand right now. He made a couple saves tonight, 
but I think those couple of blunders uh, kind of counteract those. So that is something I'm keeping an eye on. Is it Miller time for Minnesota United in goal, or does Dane St. Clair get another opportunity to redeem himself after the all-star break? We shall see. Those are my three things, guys, as you are uh, you know, joining the stream. And if you've been watching on YouTube and you want to leave a question or comment, go ahead and drop that in the chat. And while you are getting those in, I'm going to go ahead and shout out our friends over at Pence Homes, P-E-N-T-Z homes.com. Nate and the team at Pence Homes have been absolutely awesome in supporting us here at sodasoccer.com. We're very grateful for that support. They are a huge supporter of just the Minnesota soccer scene in general. We're not the only ones getting the support of Pence Homes. You can look at Minneapolis City Soccer Club, Minnesota Aurora, um, Equal Time Soccer, who do a great job of covering the women's game here in the state of Minnesota. Um, all of those are supported, and at least partially or fully, by Pence Homes. Um, Nate is, is ingrained in the Minnesota soccer community, the Twin City soccer community here. Um, and he and his team do an excellent job at helping people in Minneapolis and St. Paul you know, sell their home for top dollar and then get into the home of their dreams um, you know, relatively affordably in this market. So if you want a team who has the tools, who has the expertise, the tools, and the technology to help you navigate this market and help you successfully buy buy your or buy a new home, sell your current home, or both. Um, Pence Homes is the is the place to go. They're the team you got to go with, and it's free to just have that initial conversation with Nate. So set that up at pencehomes.com. You can see it right there, p-e-n-t-z-homes.com, or you can email Nate directly if you want to skip going to the website, or maybe you've already been to the website. Maybe you've heard us talk about Pence Homes in the past, and you've already checked them out and you want to take that next step and actually get in contact with them, it's very easy. Just email Nate. You can see his name right there, N-A-T-E, at PenceHolmes.com. Cannot thank Pence Holmes enough for their support of the Post Loons postgame show and SodaSoccer.com. It is very much appreciated. So make sure if you are in the market to buy a home, selling your current home and you're in Minneapolis or St. Paul or just the surrounding area, uh, make sure that you hit up. Pence Homes to help you out with that because everybody needs a little help buying and selling their home right now. So make sure you hit up our friends at Pence Homes for that. Um, now it's time to get into the match moments. So, I mean, basically all these are goals. <laughs> Aside from the second half, we saw a few near chances. So we're going to kick things off with the opener for Minnesota. And you thought, okay, this team's setting the tone. You know, they're, they've been in good form lately, unbeaten in seven coming in. Suddenly you get an Abu Dunlani goal to start things off. Uh, you think things are looking pretty good. And it was Abu Dunlani off of a corner kick, sort of squeaks through to the far post where Dunlani taps it in. Loon's take an early lead on the road. It's Abu's second goal of the season. And both those goals have come against Colorado. So uh, I don't know what it is, but Dunlani seems to uh, show up big when the uh, Loon's are playing the Rapids. Uh, but just five minutes later, Colorado gets the equalizer, and it's that miscue, that first miscue of the night from Dane St. Clair, costing Minnesota the lead. He mishandles a shot from the outside from Rubio, and that allows Zardes to come in and put away the rebound. Uh, we'll be hearing the name Giasse Zardes, or saying the name Giasse Zardes, uh, quite a bit as we move forward in, this, uh, in these match moments. Uh, just two minutes later, in the 11th, Coleman and Kim and Gucci are caught sleeping on a long throw right to the edge of the six-yard box. Dane doesn't come out. Come out. He decides to stay on his line. 
Um, that allows a wide open point blank header for Diego Rubio. Obviously, the Chilean is not going to miss from there. Suddenly, Minnesota United, just seven minutes after taking the lead, find themselves down 2-1. And just three minutes later, it's Zardes with his second um, off yet another throw that the Loons just don't seem ready for. This one taken quickly from Rosenberry. Um, just as the ball, you know, just after the ball ends up over the touchline, Rosenberry runs up and he throws this thing downfield to Barrios, um, hits him in stride. Barrios sends it off to Zardes and the U.S. men's national team player beats DSC to double the Rapids lead three to one, just 14 minutes in. So in 10 minutes, Minnesota goes from up one nil to down three one. But hope as you head into halftime, 43rd. Benitez with the ball on the right. Nutmegs his defender to find a wide-open Amaria in the box. Really good pass. Good touch from Amaria. The awareness to know that he can make this touch, too, with his right foot. And then he uh, sort of sends it to his left. And that gives him the space to turn and fire. The Loon Striker does brilliantly to turn and fire simultaneously. Beats Yarbrough to have the lead. 3-2 to two just before halftime. Game on. But the game wouldn't be on again. For quite a while, as we get a 90-minute lightning delay between halves, 10.37 Central Time is when this match got back up and running. In the second half, 48th minute, Bongi streaking down towards the penalty area, makes contact with Danny Wilson, gets the fortuitous whistle from the ref, calling for a free kick. Um, Rosales and um, who is this, who is beside Rosales here? Amaria. Rosales and Amaria both standing over the bar, but it is the midfielder, the Honduran Rosales, taking the set piece, taking the free kick, sends it goalwards, but can't keep it down. It goes over the bar. I uh, would have liked to see Amaria take that one myself, but uh, alas, uh, no goal over the bar. 52nd, nice one-two play from Nicholson and Zardes, springs a striker on goal with St. Clair, but the keeper does well to come off his line and cut off the angle to make the save. So um, maybe you're thinking that the confidence is building here. And just six minutes later, another one from St. Clair as Rubio tees one up just inside the 18, but St. Clair once again able to parry it away. But just three minutes later, it's another goal for Colorado and another screamer from Rubio, which bounces out of the grasp of St. Clair. Once again, it's Zardes there to win the foot race with Coleman and clean up the rebound for his hat trick. 4-2. 73rd, a good opportunity for the Loons to cut into the lead with Amaria getting into the box, but his shot is blocked into the path of Nico Hansen. Hansen's effort then also takes a deflection and is eventually corralled by Yarbrough. 81st, Coleman left alone at the far post on the Minnesota corner, and he buries the point-blank header to bring the Loons within a goal late on, 4-3. And just five minutes later, nearly notching another 4-4 draw, uh, nearly the equalizer as Bongi's in on goal with Yarbrough, but the Colorado keeper makes an incredible heel save to keep Colorado ahead. The uh, broadcasters on the Colorado broadcast were calling that a uh, save of the week nominee for MLS. I uh, I tend to agree. Um, a crucial, vital, and a really great heel save there from Yarbrough. And that that is enough to um, hold the lead and hold the win for Colorado. 4-3, the final score here. And we look at the stats um, you know, a lot of them go in the way of Colorado from an, an attacking perspective. And the thing, the thing about these stats is you can see how much pressure Minnesota United was under defensively in this one, because actually all the defensive stats 
went Minnesota United's way. More tackles won. Interceptions were 13 to four in favor of Minnesota. Blocks three for Minnesota to Colorado's two. Uh, clearances 23 for Minnesota to Colorado's 18. And then uh, in addition to letting in the four goals, Dane St. Clair did make five saves on the night as well. Looking at the shots, total shots, uh, Colorado had the lead there, 18 to 14 on target. Nine of Colorado's 18 were on target. Seven of Minnesota's 14 were on target. So 50% shooting percentage there. Uh, Colorado had three block shots, uh, three of their shots blocked. Um, no shots hitting the woodwork tonight, but 11 shots inside the box for Colorado as well. Uh, the XG, well in favor of Colorado. 3.34 expected goals to the Loons, 1.38. So just a glimpse of how things went. Possession-wise, Colorado had the 56% to 44% advantage there in possession. So, I mean, look, Colorado put Minnesota under a lot of defensive pressure all night, and the defense pretty much broke. Um, and uh, the dam broke there for the second straight match. And Minnesota just could not keep the ball out of the back of the net with our, all four of those goals, again, looking pretty preventable. We'll look forward in just a minute, but before we do that, I want to shout out our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee, 801 South Night Street in Minneapolis is where you can find them. You can also hit them up online, nightstreetmpls.com. Night Street is just getting better and better by the day. Not only do they have indoor soccer available, not only can you play pickup, rent the field for your, uh, you know, reserve the field for your, you know, your team for a practice. Maybe it's a group outing or a party for a, a soccer loving friend or family member. Um, you can do that too. You can hang out and enjoy some coffee in their lounge in their coffee shop and watch soccer on the TVs all day long, especially now that the premier league and the European leagues are kicking up. There will be soccer on the TV all day, every day at night street for you to enjoy. But now you can enjoy an alcoholic beverage at Ninth Street because they have just gotten their beer taps in at Ninth Street and it is absolutely glorious. Fellow SodaSoccer.com contributor Dominic Jose Bazonio was just there. Was that earlier today or maybe it was yesterday enjoying some of the great beer that they have. Utapils, Castle Danger, a couple of other local breweries involved there as well. Just a really good spot to go have a brew or a coffee, enjoy some soccer, play some soccer Basically, if you like soccer and you're in the Twin Cities, you need to go to Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. It is a great time, whether you're a player or just a spectator of the, of the beautiful game. So make sure you hit them up. 801 South Ninth Street in Minneapolis is where you can find them. Very conveniently located in Northeast Minneapolis there. Head uh, online at NinthStreetMPLS.com. On the website is where you can you know book, book some pickup, reserve field time, uh, just learn more about our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. So that web URL again, Ninth and Street, spelled out N I N T H S T R E E T M P L S dot com. That same uh, way of spelling it, Ninth and Street spelled out, is where you can find them on Twitter and Instagram as well at Ninth Street MPLS. So go and support our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee because they are uh, huge supporters of ours here at SodaSoccer.com and the Post Loons Post Game Show. And we cannot be more thankful for that. So looking forward here for the Loons, you get the all-star game on Wednesday. You get the skills competition on Tuesday. 
Emmanuel Reynoso and Dane St. Clair will be a part of both. But then it's time to get back serious and turn your attention to a big match in Nashville next Sunday, the 14th. Um, like I said, I think some personnel decisions to be made for Adrian Heath, specifically who's going to start in goal for that one. We'll be, we'll be very interested to see that. Uh, we'll be interested to see uh, if Mender Garcia's paperwork is in. I, there was a there was a long shot that it was going to be in by tonight. So um, I would, you know, I don't know much about immigration paperwork or how the whole system works, but I have to imagine if there was a chance it was going to be in tonight that, uh, you know, he will likely be available for uh, selection for the match on Sunday against Nashville. So I'm um, very interested to see that. And then Jonathan Gonzalez, we'll see if his uh, paperwork gets in on time. And he's able to actually, he's from California. So I don't know if he really actually needs paperwork if he's coming back from Mexico to the United States, which is where he's from. Again, I know nothing about the U.S. immigration system. So maybe he does need some paperwork to come back to the United States. I have no idea. I, I'm assuming not, but maybe he does. I don't know. But um, would be nice to have both Mender Garcia and Jonathan Gonzalez available. Obviously, Will Trap uh, status is still up in the air. Kervin Ariaga sat out tonight with that ankle injury. So the selection in the defensive midfield is going to be interesting based off who's available. The selection for goalkeeper is going to be very interesting based off who's available. And we'll see if guys can stay healthy in training this week. Um, we can get a full strength uh, squad back for a big match at Nashville next Sunday. 8 p.m. is the start time for that one, similar to what we had tonight. Hopefully we don't have another 90-minute delay and we can have post-loons at a much more uh, reasonable hour, let's just say. A programming note for post-loons moving forward. So this is kind of exciting. little announcement here. So um, we're going to go a little bit later with the post-loons post-game shows moving forward because I'm actually going to be involved in the post-game press conferences moving forward for home and away matches. And for home matches, I'm actually going to be at Allianz Field and I'll be doing post-loons from the Minnesota United press box. Very excited to actually get back out to Allianz Field. I've been doing all these damn post-game shows from my basement for the last two years. I finally get to go to Allianz Field and take in the match um, on site at the field and then do post-loons from the press box after the match. You can see the smile on my face if you're watching on the stream right now. Um, but you can probably hear the smile uh, if you're listening on the podcast. I'm so excited for that. That's 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 part of what makes covering teams so fun and worth it is actually getting, you know, when you go to the matches and you're in that atmosphere and you're in that environment um, and you get that in-person access to the team. I'm really excited to get that and bring that to you guys moving forward. And hopefully it will help enhance the uh, post-loons post-game shows moving forward in that vein. Um, a couple of notes from the post-game uh, uh, press conference with Adrian Heath. It was very quick as the team is rushing off to the airport to uh, get on that flight back home. Um, he was he kind of echoed his sentiment uh, on the broadcast that he just was not happy with any of the goals that Minnesota United let in. Um, put a lot more blame on the defense than he did Dane St. Clair. Um, I asked him specifically, you know, how much blame he puts on St. Clair for the for the two goals specifically. And he didn't necessarily go as far as he blames him for those, but obviously mentioned that with the caliber of uh, of goalkeeper St. Clair is that he expects Dane to, to 
you know, handle those opportunities. Um, but he would not even even broach the subject of who's going to start moving forward and what he's going to do next time out. Um, I believe his quote was, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, and, you know, he's got a lot to think about moving forward. He's got to get his team back to Minnesota. Uh, and then he's got the all-star game to think about too. So I'm um, not sure he's even made that decision yet in his mind. But, um, yeah, it was a quick one with Heath tonight, but hopefully we can get you some more uh, some more good post-game, um, you know, kind of relay you the information that we get post-game from the players and the manager, Heath, um, moving forward with this kind of new access that we're getting with the Postlands post-game show. So, again, it will push the start time to these post-game shows back, especially at home uh, for home matches as we get locker room access as well. So maybe more like 45 minutes to an hour after the final whistle as opposed to just half an hour. But I think the content is going to be better for it. So that starts next Sunday with the match against Nashville. Actually, I guess it started tonight because I was at the post-game press conference tonight. So um, in any case, thank you all so much for tuning in late night here. It's 1221 a.m. We're going to cut this one off early because I'm very tired. I've been up since 6 a.m. watching the Premier League. I'll probably be up early again tomorrow watching soccer. So I'm going to go get some shut-eye. Um, disappointing loss for the loons tonight, obviously considering that, uh, in the attack, they look good. And all those, uh, again, goals look to be, uh, ones that could have been kept out, but you get the all-star game, you get the all-star week here in Minnesota, which is very, very exciting. Um, and then you're back at it with a big opportunity to get, uh, some big points on the road in Nashville next Sunday. We'll be back for another episode of post loons after that one as well. Until then. Enjoy your week. If you're going to any of the all-star festivities, have fun. And uh, we'll catch you next Sunday for another episode of Post Loons. See you. Have a great weekend.